This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So I want to begin by thanking uh, the young Israel of Woodmere for uh, their hospitality and hosting us this morning. I want to thank Rabbi Axelrod and Rabbi Shechter. And Bez Hashem, we should be together. B'Rishalayim. I was completely stunned, literally speechless, on Erev Shabbos. So I've been giving a shir in the Young Israel of Kugarn Hills for over 10 years to a group of older gentlemen, retirees. And I give the shir on Wednesday and Friday. And this past Friday, before the shir, uh, there was an announcement. The gentleman announces before the shir, the sponsor of the shir. So the gentleman announced, this week's shir is sponsored. Oh, there are two sponsors this week. Firstly, Jack is sponsoring. Jack is sponsoring. Jack is sponsoring Lilo Nishmas, his son, Daniel. So you hear, this group consists of uh, older gentlemen, grandparents, great-grandparents. And you hear someone sponsoring Lilo Nishmas, their son, you know. Your heart goes out, goes out to them. Jack is sponsoring Lili Nishmas, his son, whose yard site is Tishabov. And then the man making the announcement, Donald, says, and I'm also sponsoring today's shir. Okay, so you expect he's sponsoring the shir, Lili Nishmas, his grandmother, his great-grandmother. Donald is sponsoring the shir, Lili Nishmas, his daughter. You know, that's already, call it a day after that. He says, I'm also sponsoring the Shir Le'iloi Nishmas, my daughter, whose yard site is Tishabav. I didn't even know, I was waiting for already the next day. You know, it was 9.30 in the morning, I was waiting for the next day to come. Here are two men, I don't know, in their 80s, one I think in their 90s, mourning the loss of children, both of whose yard site was Tishabav. What could you say after that? But that's what Tisha B'Av means for Klal Yisrael. National disaster and personal tragedy. From the time the Meraglim brought their slanderous report on Eretz Yisrael, 3,300 years ago, and Klal Yisrael cried for naught, this day has been forever seared as the day of tears. The first base of Mikdash was destroyed. The second base of Mikdash was destroyed. The great city of Beitar was captured on Tisha B'Av. Tornus Rufus plows Yerushalayim. Throughout history, Tishabov has been a lightning rod of Jewish disaster. The great city of Alexandria, which, by the way, was bigger than Betar, was destroyed on Tishabov. The Jewish community of England was expelled in the year 1295 on Tishabov. The Barbanel writes, Goresh Yagoresh, Kolez, Gematria. 1295, that's the year 1295. Kale is 55, that's the year 1295. The Abar writes, the Jews of France were ex- expelled on Tishabav. Of course, we know the Spanish expulsion was scheduled for Tishabav. World War I broke out on Tishabav. I remember right before my Bar Mitzvah, it was Tishabav Shechaliyos B'Shabbos. I was walking with my father to Arshul, Agudas Yisrael Beis Binyamin, 
We were on Avenue L, on East 29th, and we look ahead, and the Shul Ve'enenu, it wasn't there anymore, it had burnt down on Tishabav. I have a cousin, he was a Tyra guy, he was involved in the community, really a holy Jew, and he contracted a rare illness, he passed away two years ago, Erev Tishabav, the Levaya was Tishabav, right after the Kinnis. So it's a day of national disaster and a day of personal tragedy. So to hear two old men both mourning the loss of children, both on Tishabav, Manoimar Umanadabar. Isn't it enough already? Have we not suffered enough? Do we still need to suffer more? What does the Riban Shalom still want from us? A year of COVID-19, we figured, okay, life was coming back to normal, and then blow after blow, Meiron, Stalin, Surfside, you would think that we fulfilled our quota, you think we would met the quota already. You know, one of the great heroes of the Jewish people, one of the great leaders of the last century, who tried to encourage and to inspire his Talmidim, in the darkest of hours, the Piyatsetzna Rebbe, Rav Kalainimus Kalman Shapiro of Piyatsetzna. And the Rebbe would deliver a drasha every Shabbos, and he would try to elevate the Talmidim, inspire the Talmidim, give them hope, give them courage. He would record his drasha after Shabbos, and then hoping that one day his drasha would survive, and he actually buried the drashos in the Warsaw Ghetto. It was discovered after the war and it was published in 1960 under the title Eish Kodesh. Here's a drasha the Piyatsetzna Rebbe gave in 1941. Chanukah 1941. And the Rebbe basically said as follows, My entire Talmidim, we've been here before. Persecution, humiliation, this is not a new experience, this is not a new phenomenon. We are very well acquainted with this type of life throughout our history. We've been there, we've done that, we've persevered. Don't think this is the first time something like this occurred. This was the drasha he gave, Hanukkah 1941. A year later, the 18th of Kislev, 1942, the Rebbe took the drasha and he made an amendation to the drasha he retracted, he revised his drasha of 1941, and you could see it in the Piyatsetzna Rebbe's handwriting. He writes the following footnote, Only the suffering up to the end of 1942 was comparable to previous disasters the Jewish people have endured. But since then, since the winter of 1942, the unusual suffering, the cruel barbaric murders, the monstrous Torture that they invented for Beis Yisrael, says the Rebbe, in my opinion and in my understanding of Jewish history, never, never, never in the long saga of Jewish history did the Jews ever endure anything comparable to what has started to occur after the winter of 1942. Writes the Rebbe, Hashem Yerachim Oleinu Keheref Ayin. I retract my comments of 1941. Ghettos, banning religious activity, humiliation, been there, done that. 
But the systematic program of extermination, rounding up tens of thousands of Jews and gassing them, killing Jews hundreds of thousands sometimes in one day, it was sui generis, something mankind and the Jewish people never experienced. No event in the long and painful history of exile can remotely compare to the death camps. And so the Pietzetz Nareba revised and retracted the Hanukkah Drasha of 1941. No, we've never seen this before. The Rebbe said, there's nothing that we ever experienced that could give us the perspective to assimilate what's taking place. This change in perspective may shed light on another historical controversy, a controversy that has been brewing for 75 years. We know in 1942, a secret underground resistance movement started to form. Now, this underground movement was uh, what you call the odd couple. It was a very disparate group of people. You had left-wing Zionists, you had members of Jabotinsky's right, you had anti-Zionist socialist Bundists, and they all got together and they created a guerrilla force of a thousand fighters who began to smuggle weapons into the Warsaw Ghetto. And these, this was the beginning of what is called the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. Instead of smuggling in food, they smuggled in ammunition, they made homemade grenades. Their motto was, we will no longer be herded into the concentration camps like sheep to the slaughter. We will resist. We will defend Jewish honor. Better to die by a bullet fighting for our lives than perish like sheep in the gas chambers. Even if we're killed, at least we'll take some Nazis with us. The time for revenge has come. However, many in Orthodox circles particularly in the world of Agudas Yisrael, disapproved of the operation. Some felt the revolt unnecessarily hastened thousands of deaths. Halacha dictates that one is not allowed to expedite the death of even a single life, even by a few moments. It was argued, better to continue to hide out in basements and in, in barns and prolong their, their survival. By the time 1943 came in the spring, Germany had already been defeated in Stalingrad. They were retreating. The tide had squarely turned. Hundreds of thousands of Allied Jew troops had landed in Normandy. And if the Jews could hang on for a bit longer, maybe some of them could survive. Moreover, <clears throat> many believe that taking up arms is not the appropriate Jewish response to crisis. Better than killing Germans... Rather, focus your attention. Tshuva, tefillah, utzedakah. Jewish pride is expressed not through bullets and ammunition, but emuna in the darkest of times. This is a historic, moral, ethical, hashkafic dilemma and controversy that has raged for 75 years. Was the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising sanctioned by Gedolei Yisrael? And we want to focus on one specific aspect of the controversy, the opinion of the great Goin, Rav Menachem Zemba. What did Rav Menachem Zemba hold about the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising? 
Who was Rav Menachem Zembel? He was held in the highest of esteem by Torah Jury. He was under 40 years old. He had already been offered the prestigious position, Chief Rabbi of Jerusalem. When Rameir Shapiro passed away, he was appointed, he was offered to be Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva Chachmei Lublin and Rav of Lublin, which he turned down. Before his 40th birthday, he was the Honorary Secretary of the Mayasas Gedolei HaToyra in Europe. He authored more than 10,000 pages of Chidushe Toira, a commentary on the entire Rambam called Machazeh HaMelech a commentary on the entire Yushalmi called Menachem Yerushalayim, hundreds of tshuvais and original chidushin on the Bavli, Shulchan Aruch, and the Medrash. Rabbi Menachem Zemba had a prize student before the Holocaust named Rabbi Simcha Elberg, who escaped from Warsaw before the uprising. He fled to Shanghai with the Mir Yeshiva. He settled in New York. He was a, a member of the executive board of Agudas Yisrael, he was the executive director of something called Agudas Harabonim, and he was the editor of one of the earliest Torah journals, Hapardes. And Rav Elberg writes as follows. He wrote it in Hebrew in Hapardes in 1959, and it was published in Das Yiddish Avart in Yiddish, with the following note on the bottom that has never again appeared on any article in Das Yiddish Avart. This reflects... Only the opinion of the author. Never again did the editor of the Siddur Shavart write that little comment on the bottom of an article. Writes Rabbi Elberg, and I used to hear about Rabbi Elberg from uh, Talmud Chacham in Queens, Rabbi uh, Warman, Rabbi Shlema Halevi Warman, who is a friend of Rabbi Elberg. Rabbi Elberg writes and he states emphatically and unequivocally that Rabbi Menachem Zemba must have opposed the uprising. But what do you mean? The Bar Koichva revolt was defended and supported by none other than Rabbi Akiva himself. Rabbi Akiva was the arm bearers of Bar Koichva. Says Rabbi Elberg, Rabbi Akiva was different. That was a war in Eretz Yisrael. That was in the Jewish homeland against foreign occupation. It had a reasonable chance of success. But says Rabbi Elberg, the Warsaw Ghetto uprising was conceived from its beginning as a suicide mission. It was taking place in the Golos. It was only to restore Jewish pride. Such an operation would never be supported by Rabbi Nachem Zemba. On the other hand, since then, many testimonies have since surfaced from the Warsaw Ghetto indicating contrary to Rabbi Elberg's assumption that Rabbi Nachem Zemba supported the Warsaw Ghetto uprising. Rabbi Zechariah Fendel, in his book, from dusk to dawn. Not to be confused with a, another book similar to that. Cites the testimony of Yehuda Aryeh Feingold, a survivor of the ghetto who published in the Hatsofa newspaper in 1946. Yehuda Aryeh Feingold visited Rabbi Nachem Zemba and Rabbi Nachem Zemba's sukkah in 1942. And Rabbi Zemba said as follows, I am telling you that this is the way to rise up, to oppose through action, with weapons in hand. There are many among us who are opposed to the uprising. This is a foolish tendency in man to think the evil will never reach him. The way I see it, according to Halacha, there is a mitzvah in the uprising. 
says Rabbi Nachum Zemba, mitamze ani roya shalafi ha-halacha mitzvah b'mered b'metav tachsisei ha-mochama. There's a mitzvah to rebel, to use all tactics of war. Kiddush Hashem yeshkan mochemes mitzvahi. Another important source are the well-known Warsaw Ghetto Diaries of Rav Hillel Seidman, Talmud Chacham, historian who survived the ghetto, eventually became a journalist in New York, and he writes in his diary, Rav Menachem Zemba declares, at least we should not have gone voluntarily to the Umschlagplatz. We should have tried to resist, but we fooled ourselves with wishful thinking. The Germans told us, don't worry, you have wealthy relatives in America who will bail you out. Baruch, Morgenthau, Belasha, so we believe them. Paskin Rabbanachem Zemba, there are different ways to Kiddush Hashem and it depends on the circumstance. In Spain, in the times of the Crusades, where the only way to save ourselves was baptism, then the way to sanctify the name of Hashem was we had to give up our life. However, says Rabbanachem Zemba, today the only way to be Mekadeshim Shamayim is armed resistance. And this is the position that I personally heard from a first-hand source. My grandfather, Zechah told us many times that Rabbi Menachem Zemba emphatically endorsed the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising and that was a Kiddush Hashem. In fact, my grandfather served as Rabbi Menachem Zemba's personal lookout during the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising. He was uniquely suited for this task because he had exceptionally good vision. In fact, when he reached 100 years old, he once lamented, the hardest part about turning 100 is reading the Rashi Oisiois in the Gemara. Quite a disparate difference of opinion between the viewpoint of Rav Simcha Elberg and that of those who personally were in the Warsaw Ghetto. It has been suggested, and this was written by my Yedid Harav Dov Lokech, that just as the Piyasetzna Rebbe retracted and revised his comments after the winter of 1942, and he concluded that in fact the events of the Holocaust have no parallel in the saga of world history, conceivably the events of 1942 may have changed the attitudes of Hagoyin Rav Menachem Zemba. Rav Elberg knew and studied under Rav Menachem Zemba before the war, under conventional circumstances, Rav Menachem Zemba never would have supported armed resistance. But in 1942, unprecedented times call for unprecedented measures. The systematic attempt to eradicate the Jewish people transcended all familiar halachic and hashkafic principles delineated by previous generations. Rabbi Nachem Zemba's psaq may be categorized at what is considered the proper hoira under an unparalleled, unprecedented attempt to annihilate Klai Yisrael. So we as a nation have already experienced and suffered the indescribable, incomparable, unparalleled. Why do we still need to suffer more? What are we lacking what does Riban Shalom still want from us? And here's a thought that's been brewing inside me for some time. The Pasuk says in Parshas Re'eh, 
Listen carefully to how the Torah describes the Mokim HaMikdash. Mokim Asher Yivchar Hashem. Losum Eshemoy Sham. Leshichnoi Sidrashu Uvasa Shama. Seek out the base HaMikdash. There's a seminal Malbim on this Pasuk. The Malbim asks, Throughout Tanakh, what is the Mikdash called? The place that God has selected. That's the Mikdash. We don't know where exactly it is. There's no sign. Here is the base of Mikdash. The Mikdash is Makoim Asher Yivchar Hashem. And how do you know where it is? Says the Malbum, It is only taught to us by the Navi. Shehu Makoim Hanivchar. So in order to know where the Makkah Mikdash is, you need a prophet. The prophet says, here, here's the Mikdash. Ask the Malbum. So if you need a Navi, and Hashem has to tell you where it is, so why did David HaMelech come running to the Navi and say, Navi, tell me where it is? It's not up to David. It's up to the prophet. Why is David preempting the Navi? Says the Malbum. From here we learn... As David HaMalach says, Ad Emtza Makoim Lashem. He didn't wait for the Navi to come. How did David know that even though the Navi was going to say where it is, he has to seek it out? He learned it from this Pasuk. You have to be Doireshet. Says the Malbum. God will never tell the Prophet where to build the base Hamikdash until we haggle and we hound the Prophet. Where is it going to be? God will choose it, God will select it, God will tell us where it is only if we. Harass the Navi. When are you going to tell us? We have to be doyresh the Navi. There's something we need to do that we can't leave up to HaKadosh Baruch So what do we need to do? Here the Pasuk is saying, God will be boycher the Mikdash, but only if we're doyresh the Mikdash. So what do you need to do? Do you need to go there? Not allowed to go there. So how you doyresh the Mikdash? Listen to the following Pasuk in Yirmiya. Ki e'ele aruchalach. I will heal you, says Hashem. Umimakoisayach erpa'ech nam Hashem. And from your wound I will cure you. Ki nidacha karulach. Tzioin hi. Doyresh enla. She is tzioin. No one seeks her out. Listen to these words. Five words. Tzioin hi, doyresh enla. Says the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, daf lamed amed alef. Says the Gemara in Sukkah, mem alef amed alef. Miklal deboi drisha. You must seek her out. She ain't coming back to us until you seek her out. Tzioin hi, doyresh enla. Miklal deboi drisha. You must seek her out. So what does that mean? How do you seek out Tzioin? I've been wondering about this for eight years since I saw the Malbim. 
How are you doyresh tzioin? And this year I bought a sefer on Zmirois from Rav Chaim Knievsky. And Rav Chaim Knievsky writes on Baruch Kel Elyon. V'hu yidroish litzion. I was very excited. He has a comment on these words. V'hu yidroish litzion. Says Rav Chaim, you want to know what it means to be doyresh tzion? You need to look at Targum Unklis on the word Jerisha in Tanakh. Where do we have the word edroish? V'ach as dimchem lenavshoisechem edroish. I will seek out the blood of the murderer. Miyad kolchaya edrishenu. Umiyad ha'odam miyad ishachiv edroish. We have the word doyresh three times. Says Targumunklas. Uberam yas dimchoin lenavshoisechoin esba. Miyad kolchaisa esbeina. Umiyad ensha miyad gavar diyeshoid yas doma daachoi esba. Doyresh means to be. Toivea. Where else do we have this? Doirish means to be toivea. To claim, to mun, to demand. No one demands From here we learn, says Reb Chaim Knievsky, we must be toiveya tzioin. Yeah, we daven. And if not, okay, so at least, uh, at least I want to make a few bucks, I want to have a good supper tonight. Hamha, you know, we don't demand it. You say the words. Tzioin hi doyresh einla meklal deboi drisha. What does drisha mean? You have to be toivea it. Says Reb Chaim, if you look in the Yalkut Shemoni on, on Shmuel, in the times of David Melech, he lost the lives of many soldiers. Why did they die? Says the Medrash, Sheloi tavu es binyan beis hamikdash. Ask the Medrash. But they never saw Beis HaMikdash. Beis HaMikdash wasn't built yet. Says the Medrash, V'haloi dvorim kavachoymer. Uma'elu shloi ro'u as Beis HaMikdash kach, onu al-achas kama v'kama. If people who never saw a Mikdash were held liable for not demanding the Mikdash, we, we know what a Mikdash was. We have to be toivea. Therefore, says the Medrash, Hiskinu neviim harishoinim she Yisrael mispalim b'chol yoim shloi shapa'amim Hashev Shrinasra Litsiyain. It's well known that after the Riskarov was the Rav in Slutsk, he wanted to retire. Can't imagine why a rabbi would want to retire, but then he was offered the prestigious position of Rav of Brisk. Twenty-five thousand Yidin living in the city of Brisk. Briskarov felt, you know, after spending a long career in Rabbonus, he would be able to learn, to write, to have some menuchas hanefesh without the oil of Rabbonus. And a messenger came to the Beis HaLevi and he says, Beis HaLevi, I don't understand, 25,000 Jews are asking you to take the job. And the Beis HaLevi turns to his wife and he says, give me my kapata, 
If they're asking me, I can't keep them waiting, I can't refuse them. And the Chafetz Chaim would say over this story, and the Chafetz Chaim would say, if the Briskarov could not turn down 25,000 Jews who were waiting and asking him, then how does Mashiach keep us waiting for so many hundreds of years, but we're waiting for him, we're asking him. And the Chafetz Chaim says, Zetmin Defun, we're not waiting for him, and we're not asking him. We're not waiting, we're not asking. We live our lives, we go to our jobs, we build our homes, and we say, Mashiach, let me know when you come, let me know when you're here. Says the Chavetz Chaim, if we would really be waiting, if we would demand it, then the Yibbani Shalom couldn't turn us down. This is a teaching that is explicitly mentioned in the work of Rabbi Yudha Levi in the Kuzari. Kuzari, of course, records the dialogue between a Christian, a Muslim, and a Jewish scholar with the king of the Khazars. He was searching for the true religion. And the king was finally convinced of the authenticity of Judaism, but he had one pickpock on the practice of the Jewish people. He had one question to the king, to the Jewish scholar. He said, all day long you pray to return to Tzion, to rebuild Yerushalayim, v'sachazeno inenu. To me it seems like it's just lip service. It's just like tzivtzuf hazarzir, the chirping of a bird. And the Jewish scholar conceded, you're right, we don't really mean it. We just mouth the words. And the Kuzari then writes the following promise to the Jewish people. He says, Im hoyinu mezamnim atzmenu likras If we would only prepare ourselves to return to Hashem wholeheartedly and wholesomely, says the Kuzari, I promise, Hayinu poigim mimenu mashapogu avoisenu b'mitzrayim. The Rebbeinu would redeem us immediately like He redeemed us from Egypt. But says the Kuzari, we don't ask for it, and we're not waiting for it. Have we suffered enough? We've suffered enough a long time ago. We've had our fair share a very long time ago. What then do we need to do, says the Novi Yermia, No one is toiveya tzioin. We don't demand it, and we don't ask for it. But if we would come to Yibayisham, you owe it to us. You said, you said, kasher dibarta. Then the Yibayisham would say, you didn't even have to ask. You don't have to be doyresh. It's mokoim asher Hashem. I've already selected it. But to hear those words, you first have to be doyresh. And if we are, we'll all be zoicha to see b'nei chamas, siyon mishalayim, You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.